What's your revolution, brother? Brother, what's your revolution? My revolution is manifold, if I'm being honest. But like the pithy uh, version of it is my revolution is to normalize health and well-being, especially mental health and mental well-being as a foundation, not as an afterthought. You know, pursuant to what you mentioned um, in terms of like the incessant attacks, whether they be societal, systemic or in keeping with the times, um, it is incumbent upon us to stay focused and stay ready. You ain't got to get ready if you stay ready. However, you know, so many of us are operating from a health deficit, whether it be a mental health deficit or a physical health deficit, and you can't give what you don't have. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's a Revolution show, a show for men and the people who love them. We'll discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves, or people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporal. What's good, revolutionaries? I hope all is well. You know, as I sit here with my guests, you know, we've been sitting in the green room, look just like chopping up, chopping it up. This conversation is going to be straight fire. Like, and usually I have my normal diatribe about what's going on in the world, you know, how I want you to fulfill your revolutions, but I want to jump into this conversation, right? I want to get in because what's happening in the world is that, you know, our lives are being attacked and on a daily basis, right? And whether it's a a COVID pandemic or whether it's a recession or economic or physical or whatever it is, we've been being attacked on a daily basis for a long time. And I want us to talk about, you know, we get caught up in the nefariousness of it, you know, but I want to talk about the, the, the proactiveness of making sure that we're taking care of our health. Right. We're taking care of our mind. We're taking care of our body because in those daily attacks. Right. And I say attacks. Because, and I know that sounds so grand, but we are rather. It doesn't matter on what side of the fence you sit on right now. We are all being attacked by something. And how do we take care of ourselves? And so I was introduced to this brother, you know, by my good friend, Mark Berger. Uh, you know, revolutionaries, you know that I talk about New Orleans you know, because I am a New Orleanian, you know, be a New Orleanian wherever you go. And New Orleans has provided me with the opportunity to meet some of the most important uh, life affirming people that I've ever met. And Mark Berger is one of those people. He is my, as we say, he is my dude. And Mark, uh, he is an avid supporter of this show, avid fan. And, you know, and particularly as a white dude who listens to a show by a black man that talks about, you know, particularly about the issues of black men and men of color, you know, as an ally. And that's what we want to, that's, that's what I want on the show is that I want not just black men and black women and people of color to listen to the show. I want this show to be universal because we need allies. We need folks that believe and love in us, right. That will fight and stand up for us. And Mark Berger, you're my dude and you're my person. And I love you, dear brother for all that you do in the world. And one of the things he was like, look, I need you to meet this brother. (laughs) I need you to meet this dude, right? Because once you meet him, your life is going to change. He said, I need you to meet Reggie Hubbard. And, you know, I I started doing my homework and I was like, you know, this dude, (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) You know, as we get into it, uh, you know, Reggie is going to tell you his story, but right now, right, right in the space that he in, he is the CEO. And as he said, the chief serving officer for active peace yoga. Right. And we'll, and we'll talk about what, what that is and what that does for the world. But Reggie is a luminary. With, you know, with with a capital L, capital U, capital M, and I'm not going to spell the rest of it, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he is a luminary out in the world and his past work, right? His past work in making change in the world and making revolutionary and ma- making revolution and making folks uncomfortable is what he's known. But he realized that, hey, I got to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. So Reggie Hubbard, luminary, chief serving officer. My new friend, my dear brother, as we say on the show, welcome, welcome, welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. How are you? I'm well. Blessings and peace and gratitude for the kind introduction. And shout out to Mark. Mark, Mark, thank you for this and blessings upon you as well. Definitely, definitely. I'm going to get this out of the way because you actually said it a little bit in the green room, but I want to I want to expound on it, brother. Brother, what's your revolution? 
<laughs> my revolution is manifold if i'm being honest but like the pithy uh, version of it is my revolution is to normalize health and well-being especially mental health and mental well-being as a foundation not as an afterthought you know mm -hmm. pursuant to what you mentioned um in terms of like the incessant attacks whether they be societal systemic or in keeping with the times um it is incumbent upon us to stay focused and stay ready you ain't got to get ready if you stay ready <laughs> however you know so many of us are operating from a health deficit, whether it be a mental health deficit or a physical health deficit, and you can't give what you don't have. So we can't have sustainable change if we don't have peace and well-being as our foundation. It's not an accoutrement. It's not a ring. Like It's the sustenance from which all change transpires. And so my revolution is to normalize health and well-being among all people, especially black and brown people, because if we don't take care of ourselves, who will? Mm. Raji. <laughs> What you just said, right, thinking about that, dear brother, is that because we think of health as an afterthought, yeah. right, as an afterthought. I get up, I start my day, I go to work, I take care of my family, right? I'm worrying about everybody else, right? We know the health outcomes that happen for our people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. We look, it, it's it's lovely being number one at something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Reggie. Yeah. And you know where I'm going, right? Yeah. You know where I'm going. I, I look, I want to be number one. I want to be at the top of the mountain, right? Mm -hmm. When we think about diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease, right? Yeah. When we think about young boys of color, 15 to 24 either number one or number two in highest rates of suicide. Yeah. Our, the mental health, right? You you don't talk about the epigenetics of mental health in our communities. Yeah. I don't want to be number one, Reggie. No. Right? Look, I don't want to be, put me, I, I want to be last. Sit me in the, sit me in the back. Yo, <laughs> right? me, son. I don't want to play in that game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as, as, as Brother Reggie is saying, is that, if health is our foundation in everything that we do, we have the ability to go out in the world and be revolutionary. Yeah. Because you cannot, right? I can't, I, I look, if I'm in the doctor's office, right? Or if I'm seeing the therapist, right? I can't, right? I can't go out and do the things that I need to do to revolutionize my people. And that's what it is. And I love that revolution. So thank you. Yeah. So my revolutions are in my ear and they're going to say, well, okay, well, how did you get here? How did Reggie Hubbard get to this, that, that this is his revolution? Because yeah. something had to be the catalyst, right? Yeah, for sure. I am... Um I'm the most unlikely yoga teacher. I'm the most unlikely Buddhist <laughs> practitioner um, in the world, right? You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I I, am, if you look up overachiever in the dictionary, it's like me with, like, in a b-boy stance. You know what I'm saying? Like, first in my family to go to college. I didn't just go to college. I went to Yale. I have a master's degree in international strategy from a European school, like, in Belgium, like, as a black dude. Like, um, and, like, the addiction to proving myself in a system that sought to destroy me was killing me, man. Mm. It was killing me. You know what I mean? I worked at the height of politics, man. I've been on Air Force Two. Like I've been in the, I, I've done all this stuff. And I did it working 18 hour days, sleeping four hours a night. Mm. You know what I mean? And just grinding. We glamorize the grind culture. You know what grind makes you? Grind yeah. turns you into dust. Dust. Oh, say it. Say that again. Yeah. Say that again. We glamorize grind culture when grinding only turns you into dust. Like yeah. we are spirit. We are not dust. You know, mm. you know, we're made of the same thing as like universal energy. You know what I mean? And in fact, most wisdom, most indigenous wisdom traditions have been appropriated by white people. It's ours. Like Buddha was brown. Yoga was originated in Africa and India. You know what I mean? So these wisdom traditions that I espouse and live by are ours. And like they empower us to be in touch with spirit, which is our divine birthright. But I didn't know that at first. Right. So I worked these 18 hour days and I made it to the top. Um, but I've been giving um, lectures recently. And so I, I give didactic, but I also show pictures like their pictures of me in like, you know, thousand dollar, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollar suits, like with all these people. But you look at my face and I look miserable. Mm. Right. So like, you know, the the Bible says, that, what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? 
Yes. You know what I mean? And so, like, for me, I had to get up off that, right? And so about in, in 2013, I was about 330 pounds, um, miserable, and was just, like, in a cycle of self-destruction and self-loathing um, because things weren't going my way in my job search. And so, in retrospect, that was ancestors and spirit being like, yo, you need to do this. Like, we're not going to give you what you ask for until you do what you need to do for you. And what I needed to do for me was make my health and well-being sacred. And right. And so in 2013, like I was teaching a bunch of kids um, civics. It was the only job I could get um, with a master's degree and an Ivy League degree was as a um, part time civics teacher. And I respect that and love that because it made me humble. Um, mm-hmm. And it made yeah. me respect what I needed to do for me internally in order to manifest externally. And so, like, I did that, um, took the job, and these kids wanted to do something on health and well-being. And Brother Charles, man, I was salty, son. I was just like, I don't want to do no damn project on well-being. This is a civics thing. We talk about revolution here, man. Let's talk about, like, changing the paradigm, blah, 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 right? So, and these kids weren't having it. And then I had to, like, check myself a bit. I was like, yo, Reggie, how are you going to be a teacher that is like raining on the parade of kids like that, that's awful and so i like i had to check myself a bit and charles like their um fervent desire to do this well-being thing stuck with me um because i had to i was like yo why did you have such an adverse reaction when these kids wanted to talk about taking care of themselves so i had to address like the decades of grind culture the decades of self-loathing the decades of putting my health on the shelf in service to to like norms that i was never like to, to asymptotes i was never going to achieve right and so like when i began to make my health and well-being foundational it's as if like the universe was like welcome right and welcome. so like mm. that commitment at 330 or 330 pounds like i took a raw vegan diet um for six months just to clear i was like yo i've got to like make a sever these horrible habits and start something new fresh and so i did a six month vegan cleanse um in 2013 which begat my yoga practice which begat my meditation practice which has now allowed me to be what i've become mm. brother i i love that because there's 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 always this impetus for a revolution yeah. Right? There's, there's always, and I, I, I will, I will always be thankful of Elijah Moses, a good friend, CEO of Wise Young Builders in DC. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you're, look, I know you that you're around the area, good brother. But he says, when you answer and ask and answer that question, what's your revolution? You have to decide. I need what you need to revolt from and what you need to evolve into for sure yeah and that's what you think right it sounds like you know our our revolutions are similar because it was my kids at green run high school that was the impetus for this revolution right or parts of a revolution long time ago because they were the ones like look we need someone bigger for us out there in the world you know like you just can't just sit here and just teach us there's something more and it sounds like it sounds like your kids were doing the same thing for you. They were like, "Hey, yo, this civics is cool, but we look, you know, especially if you look, look in the way that our kids, right? They're going through yeah. so much. We we need this, right? We yeah. need this. So, three hundred and thirty pounds, right? All of a sudden, now raw vegan diet. What brings yoga into the practice, right? And then mm. what does it, what does this long-term practice do for you? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll start there. I, I, yeah. Exactly. So it's the vegan cleanse. My brother, uh, my God brother bought me some new balance kicks. So I started running and walking and doing all this other stuff, just getting into it. Right. And I noticed like the accumulated mental habits of self-destruction over the course of my diet. Right. So diet opens like how you feed yourself is how you fuel yourself mm-hmm. and like how i noticed that not only was i fueling myself with like too much sugar and like processed food and those sorts of things i was fueling myself in my mind with a whole bunch of like self-loathing and like self-destructive behavior and so like in the process of deconstructing that um i was uh basically humbled and realized that i needed to like love myself more and so it, it began with uh i was i had a really 
I made it to the height of politics, and I, but I didn't make it as high as I could because of the color of my skin. And I also, beyond, beyond that, I also think that it wasn't my time. You know, now that I've gotten more spiritual, some things ain't as racist as you think they are. They're just not yours. You know what I mean? Like, because my grandmother, rest her soul, used to always say, baby, you're going to get yours. Like, if you have faith and, and purpose, what's yours is yours, and can't nobody take that from you. So perhaps what I was pursuing wasn't mine. It was a avenue to get me to where I'm at. So here's right. what I mean by that. I um, I thought that I there was a place for an Ivy League educated brother in the Obama administration. Um, there were. It just wasn't me. Right. And so, like, I, w- I had gone in and out. I was on the blacklist at one point um, and made my way into a point where I was up for contention to be either deputy assistant secretary of international education or uh, deputy chief of staff of the Department of Education. Charles, I made it to the top two for both of those jobs. Got neither one. Mm. That's like proposing to somebody and they say no. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I got to leave. I can't be in town no more, yo. Like, ah, damn. Right? (laughs) Damn. Right? So um, that heartbreak um, allowed me. So I I was just floored, right? I was just like, I I pushed it all, you know, I went all in, lost the hand, right? And so, but here's what I gained. I gained heartbreak and I gained heartbreak in the new me that was emerging from my commitment to well-being. And that allowed me to see that it wasn't meant for me to do that, right? And so I had to sit with myself and figure out what that was. So I made rules. I was like, okay, I'm only going to do things that lower my, I had a checklist. If it lowers my blood pressure, it's artsy and something I've never done before, that's what I'll do. And I lived that for like months. And so I spent a lot of time at the Hirshhorn Museum in downtown D.C. There was a Dali exhibit there. So I spent a lot of time just looking at art. Um, I would just look at sunsets. I would write in my journal and all this other stuff. And someone comes up to me and is like, hey, you should come practice yoga with me. And backtracking a bit, the first time someone asked me to practice yoga, I looked at them and was just like, I ain't no skinny white girl. Why the hell would I do that? Yo, like, that's not me. Right. So that was like years prior to. In the moment of heartbreak from not getting what I thought I wanted from the Obama administration with that checklist, yoga fit in with that. It did. And so did. I was like, I'll go. Sure. You know, lower blood pressure, artsy, like try something new. OK. Right. You know, um, and it fit like a glove. I was also 41 at the time. Right. And so like um, it fit like a glove. And so I started being curious about it um, and got a job in Denver, Colorado. So moved from like D.C. Metro to Denver. And brother, like the job I had was a dream job in all the way. So the first six days, it was a dream as in whoo. Then it became a nightmare, which is also a dream, (laughs) (laughs) just not the dream that you care to live. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So um I had to figure out a way to navigate this like toxic um, political situation at work. Um, It was so bad. It was me and like a whole bunch of white women and like liberal white women are the worst. You know, give me a Southern conservative white dude over a liberal white chick any day of the week. You know what I mean? The conservative white dude in the South. I know you don't necessarily kick it with you. You don't necessarily kick it with me. We know where we stand. Like these liberal folks be spouting one thing and be hating us behind behind the Mm. scenes. So. I'm in meetings and this one woman's looking me in my face being like, you know, we don't know why we hired you. We wasted payroll on you. La, 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 la. I've been there for a week. And so the fire within me, which is ever present, um, I was this close to being like, you mother, I was this close. And for whatever reason, I stopped. And I was like, I got to figure this out, man, because like I'm, I'm thousands of dollars in the hole. I, I got to figure right. this out. Denver's a huge yoga town. And so like I huge, went to a yoga huge. studio and I had like a like old school, I had like a hundred dollars in my pocket. I, you know, like, you know, they were like, oh, my goodness, welcome to the studio. Like um, we have a 30 for 30 special. I took out the hundred and was just like, what will this get me? I'm going to be here a lot. <laughs> <laughs> be here a lot. Yeah, and started practicing sunrise and sunset. Hmm. And so what I didn't know was happening, so this is like the answer to your question, what I didn't know was happening, it was lengthening my fuse. It was alchemizing the anger into yes. patience. Yes. It was giving me the yes. mental space to process a toxic situation with 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 calm. 
And so when they fired me via text message 10 months later, I told you the job was shitty. Like when they fired me via text message 10 months later and asked for an exit interview, rather than being giving them the two barrel salute, I was just like, <laughs> you know, I was like, y'all know good and hell well, we don't need no exit interview. Y'all know that. Like, right. but I want to thank you. And they're like, for what? You know, like on some like silky white girl stuff. I was just like, I want to thank you for how poorly you treated me because you gave me the wisdom to deal with adversity with grace. Peace be upon you. Wow. That happened in 10 months. Yeah. Wow. I went from Captain Curse out to saying blessings to you for firing me via text message because you gave me wisdom. Like, and then I called my mom and my aunt afterwards and was like, this yoga shit, man. Wow. Like, how am I going to thank somebody for firing me via text? This, this is was wild. Like, I wouldn't uh, like, yeah. So yeah. that happened in 10 months. And so at that point, I was like, I'm all in. Let's go. I love it. I love it. That, 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 look, that's a revolution within a revolution in itself, right? Man, you know, and, and thinking about that, there, there's a whole lot that I could go in. You know, if we want to talk about liberal, liberal white folks, you know, yeah. uh, all of that. Um, that's another show. That, 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 that <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, that, that, that is definitely another show. But the impact of yoga, right? If you think about this, like you said, I wanted to find things that were artsy, but that were going to lower my blood pressure. And there was something new. Yep. If we're thinking about, you know, couching this show and the conversation around, I'm going to do things that that ref, that reflect health as my foundation. Yep. At the forefront, because we're thinking about right our mental health. If you can get fired over a text message and say thank you and attribute that to yoga, right? You know what I'm saying? If we like, right? If we look, look, boom, right? If we can talk about that, right? If we can talk because we talked about this attack that we're all on and finding yeah. because we're angry. We are angry. We are an angry population, right? Yeah, look, pessimistic. Look. Right, right. It, it, angry and pessimistic, right? You don't like the Black Lives Matters flag, right? Every time I, uh, you know, uh, you know, I see all all lives matter, right? Instead of saying like, there's some common ground somewhere, yeah, right. But if you stop being so angry and listening to this echo chamber, and I stop being so angry and listening to this echo chamber, and saying, you know what, look, peace and blessings to you, my brother and my sister, and how can we find common ground? Because at the end of the day, I hypothesize is that we all just want to exist and be happy. Because being angry takes work. Yeah, it's a lot of energy. It's a, it's a lot of energy to say peace and blue. You know what I'm saying? Can you, like, can you imagine like breaking up with someone over <laughs> text message or, or getting that text message like, hey, it was really cool, but I'm out. Mm. I, th I thought we were good, right? right? Right, and to be so, be so receptive that well, peace and blessings unto you. I've enjoyed this experience. Thank you. Look, look, thank you for thank you. Thank you for allowing me to have this time with you. I wish you well and move on. And that's it. And that's it. That's it. So. So, OK, for someone like who who practices. Right. And, yeah. and, and Mark is right. My, our, our dear friend Mark is always every time I come to New Orleans, you're going to come do new. You're going to come to yoga with me. I've not done. He he and my good friend, Kim Dola. I don't know if you if, if you met Kim Dola. Yeah. No, Kim is an amazing, beautiful human spirit. That's Let me up. tell you. Yeah, you want to talk about inside and out, a mm. beautiful human spirit. So he, she and Mark uh, have yoga um, in City Park every Saturday. Oh, dope, and dope. every time that I come, they're like, okay, are you coming? And, you know, something always comes up. So it's on me. So Mark and Kim, next time, I promise, I don't care how hot it is on a Saturday morning, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely coming. But the question for, that I have for you before we get to, you know, active, uh, active peace yoga is if I'm new to the practice, right? Yeah. I want you to think back. You're mm -hmm. new, mm -hmm. right? There's a masculinity around this that, you know, there's, there's, you know, uh, I'm, I'm like you said, I'm not going to yoga, right? Yeah. You know, that's not what, that's not what men do. Men don't go to yoga. Yeah. How do you advise, right? Folks who might be uncomfortable or not know as much about yoga and it's, its practice and its remedies to get started. I got complimented recently because of the way I just show up in the world. So I show up like big beard, big hair, big dude. Um, you know, there, you know, in terms of like the like, typical masculine archetypes, like I'm that guy. And <laughs> Thank me in, in terms of just like, oh, like, you know, but like they thanked me for showing up as I do because it made them feel comfortable. Right. Like part of like 
part of the reason people reject it is because they don't see themselves. You know, like I, I had the imperative because of the toxicity of my job to seek something out. There weren't no black male teachers. You know what I mean? Like there weren't any teachers my size, really. Um, but I just went and did it because I had to do it because my job sucked. But like what, I, what I'll say to folks, like, first of all, the only person that says it's not for you is you. Mm. You know, mm. says who? Right. You, know, you, know what? Right. You, you can't get in on this healing. Like it's not masculine to be whole and like in your power from a loving heart and a clear mind. That's not masculine. You don't want that. You know what I mean? Why not? Like, you know, you right. want to be caught up in like anger and, and the web of lies that the master culture is perpetrated upon you. That's what you want. That sounds delusional. That don't sound like masculine to me. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, yes. you perpetuate like the destruction of your you because of your skin color that's been like prevailed upon us for a, half a millennium, right? So for me, it's just like representation matters. But like to someone who's getting started, like yoga in its essence is about aligning mind, body, and spirit so that your the clarity of your mind and the generosity of your spirit and the health of your body can allow you to do your work in the world. So by its nature, it's revolutionary. Mm-hmm. You know, like you daring to be so in tune with you and with spirit at the same time that you just are yourself authentically. Like, who doesn't want to do that? Like, it's not like being in splits pose, wearing Lululemon. It's not about that. Like, it's about like finding ways to relieve stress in your body to allow the natural healing instinct of the body to manifest so you can be at peace wherever you are so you can do what you're supposed to do while you're here. You know, right. so, that, so that's what I'll say. And like finding ways to alleviate stress is imperative and it's also your birthright. Like you don't have to walk around angry. Anger used to be my native tongue. You don't have to walk around angry. You don't have to walk around upset. You don't have to walk around like hating yourself. Yoga's allowed me to find like love within myself and then have such an abundance of that that I shared freely. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful thing. I love that, right? And couching it, if I'm having a conversation, right? You want to stay in this angry place. You want to stay in this delusional place, right? You don't want to heal. And look, you've been given the tools to heal. And you don't want to do this because, you, you know what I'm saying? Right? You think it's not masculine to do? Right. I I, right. I, I love that. And, and, and because that in itself is an advertisement. You're not, you're gonna, you're not going to step out. And I know a lot of, you know, I, I, look, I'm a man of Omega, right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we talked about, you know, the, uh, you know our, our, our conclave was... You know, our conclave was last week. Um, I wonder if I proposed to the to, the, to nationals, right, <laughs> or internationals. Hey, can we do um, can we do a, a yoga retreat right Can't before? Imagine, I, right. I wonder how that would go over. But then, but then, couching that in, like, yes, we are men of Omega. We are supposed to be strong, right? We are unlike any other fraternity, but we are we are just humans, right? And that ability to heal has to move the way. And I, one thing I love about my fraternity is that we're we're having open conversations that are revolutionary, the things that we haven't talked about before. Like, what, so is, what does non-toxic masculinity look like? You know, what does healthy masculinity look like for us as men of Omega? And how do we then purport that or out into the world right how yeah. do we give that like everybody's looking at everybody's looking at us for this 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 leadership and masculinity but we right that means that we have an opportunity right we have a wonderful opportunity to spread a different message especially so at this being, time be, yeah a, exactly being able to take hold of that is a, is a, is a very very wonderful thing I, I i i love that in thinking that if you want to heal Right. Being a human is finding ways to heal and getting out of this construct of what it means to be masculine and feminine. You know, well, I want to go, you know, I don't want to go to this class. You know, like you said, it's nothing but slim fit white women. Right. Well, you could change the you could change the structure of the class by just going. Right. <laughs> exactly. There's a Reggie. You look like you're tall. How tall are you? Six two. Six two, so you know, six six two, brother, come into class, right? <laughs> <laughs> six two, right, right. He is the archetype, <laughs> like <Yeah>. hey, <laughs> like six two, like two seventy, son. Right, right. Change, changing, yeah, changing the dynamic of of what this is in our world, I think, is an amazing thing. So, talk about this because we, if if we really realize that we've been we've been 
pulling this lineage together, this arc of your yeah. life, right? Yeah. And and pulling it together, you know, burned out political activist who who says I'm I, I'm going to make this change. Like I, I really want to put my health into focus. Yeah, I'm moving to yoga. I'm not I'm not angry. I'm not uh, I'm living a more revolutionary, better life. How does this move into now? I'm going to make this a international organization that that, that, that that works to, you know, fulfill, you know, what I'm saying that fulfills right the revolutions of the other folks. Because we say this on the show, Reggie, your revolution is not just for you. No, no, how do you no. get to, how, do you, no. how do you get to making this now an organization? Oh, shoot. Like when you find out, let me know. No, I'm kidding. Like, be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, so when I got fired via text message, remember, I moved to Denver to leave politics. Um, I went old school. So I grew up in the church, like old, like, and so like when I got through that toxic experience, I went through a full fast for five days. Right. Oh, wow. So drank water and practice yoga like three times a day. So I was like, I'm going to cleanse my entity of that. Like that, I've had enough of that. And I was like, okay, ancestors, God, spirit, all that. Like when I break this fast, whatever I'm meant to do will happen. I got a call from the Bernie Sanders campaign when I broke the fast. Remember, and I'm trying to leave politics, right? So like the, like the ancestors were like, <laughs> like, okay. Like, um, and I just laughed. <laughs> it was just like, y'all funny. But anyway, um, right. took the job um, and made the following commitment to them. I was like, listen, you know, I have some trepidation about taking this job on your campaign because the last time I worked on campaigns, I damn near killed myself. And I'm now a yogic practitioner, like like I'm, I'm like yogi, like this is what I, this is how I live. It ain't some stuff that I do on Tuesday, like this is how I live. So like if this job gets in the way of my practice or my health, I'm quitting. And they're like, ha ha ha, I'm like, dead ass, very serious, you know what I mean? Like, and what I was able to do by making that commitment the Bernie Sanders experience, because one of my teachers relayed this to me because I was like, yo, I'm scared, yo, because last time I did this, it was like super like it was hard for me. Like I gained like 85 pounds and like just adopted all this stuff. He's like, you're so strong and focused, man. Think of this as like a karmic mulligan. Like you get to live your life over again and like like purge yourself from those demons. I'm wow. like. Yes. Yes. Word. <laughs> right. So <laughs> use that experience to basically slay the dragons of the past and open up to the angels of the future. Right. And so was able to be in the middle of like some ridiculous stuff um, and found that the deeper I got into the practice, the deeper my healing went, the deeper my healing went, the deeper mm. my impact went. And yes. so um Bernie Sanders loses to Hillary. Hillary loses to Donald Trump. And I was in meditation one day and basically was told to go home to Washington, being near my family and get in the heart of the resistance and figured like get there. And without getting too, too into it, realized that I had to have an anchor for my well-being in the midst of the swirl of white supremacy and craziness that was Donald Trump. And so dove into my teaching practice training in the middle of flipping the house, impeaching the president, all these other things. And so like merged my spiritual practice with my activist practice. So they became one and didn't know it at the time. But what I was doing, which is now what I do now, was creating the archetype of sacred activism that is indicative of like the civil rights movement and like the old school slave rebellions and those sorts of things. And so now um, and the, the pandemic hit, I started teaching during the pandemic because the, when the pandemic happened, Charles, I responded like this, peaceful, serene. And I was like, oh, so active peace is derivative of that experience in the middle of all the swirl, the Trump, the pandemic, all these other things. I had an anchor of peace based on consistent practice in the middle of my activist practice. And so when I um, when the pandemic hit, the first people that asked me to teach for them were Ayanna Presley asked me to teach her staff. Oh, wow. Rashida Tlaib and her staff asked me to teach them. Secretary Deb Holland, who was Congresswoman at the time, asked me to teach right. them. So 
I was asked to teach. I didn't want to do that stuff, but like, so it became a thing. And I was like, well, if I'm doing this for them, I should do it for all people. And then, um, and, the, and this is like March, April, 2020, May, George Floyd gets murdered, um, lynched end of May. At that point, wasn't nobody in the, on the scene who looked like us. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. province of mainstream yoga culture is white. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and majority female. And so Brother Floyd gets murdered. I basically was like, <laughs> all right. And like, so took the microphone and was just like, this is why we need diversity here. This is why we need this. This is why we need this. And for those of you for whom yoga has become an accoutrement, like the reason that I'm able to talk to you like forcefully, clearly and passionately is because yoga for me is a lifestyle. You know what I mean? And life starts a lifestyle rooted in truth and justice. Yes. And right, I can't sit idly by while y'all have these damn black squares on your Instagram and pretend like that's doing something. Yes. Right. And so nothing. was able to Absolutely just like nothing. keep that up. And in my mind, um, was just like, yo, white folks, Amer- like world culture is paying attention. So I'm going to do a Harriet Tubman real quick is that I'm going to be ubiquitous and get to the north. So by the time that y'all like woke folks go back to sleep, I'll already become an, a, a known commodity. So, so hold on, Reggie. I yeah. got, so there's an image that I have in my mind of this dude dancing in the streets in New York mm-hmm. during the Black Lives Matter March. He looked just like you. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, was that you? Uh-uh. Right, <laughs> okay. right. And I was uh-huh. like, he's like, I'm about to show you. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? I mean, there's there's this image that like, because like you said, during those times of 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 the, the the height of the George Floyd activism, right? You know, the media tried to the media tried to show the nefariousness of these peaceful marches, right? Yeah. But what happens is that you would a social media would then counter counteract these nefarious clips from from both the liberal and conservative media and right. show you the joy of this activism. Right. Folks coming together. Right. right? And, and look in synchronicity to rejoice together in right. activism. Right. And that, that is that is a beautiful thing because y- you can see tear gas and you can see protests and signs. But a lot of the times what we what was happening is folks were coming together to mourn and to be in space together to say we are united. Right. And to heal together. Often. Right. right, Like we are coalescing together to heal because we just watched. Right. Like we could read and see images of a lynching. Yeah. But we saw it. Right. Why we all stuck at home and can't like be distracted by nothing else? By nothing, and 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 the media, and, and here I am, a person in the media, re-traumatizes you with that clip over yeah. and over and over again, and so you need to go out and be with your people. Right. You need to go out and release that anger because we know what like, we know. Like we want to come for you. Right. Like you're not going to you've been proverbially sitting on our necks for 400 years. Yeah. And now you have just was, basically indicative of Eric Garner and George Floyd. Yeah. You have basically to you have basically right, stripped brown, the life right. out of us. Yeah. Right. And we watched it again. We watched it, you know, yeah. and that pain. So that, that that's the wonderful thing. Right. And, and like you said, right. Being able to teach people practices that will allow us to release this this generational, this consistent generational anger of, because we are attacked fully daily. Yeah. Systemically. Yoga is one of those. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. So, yeah, so, so, so systemically, but we also internalize that. So we're not just attacked by the system. The system has trained us to attack ourselves. And so yeah. what yoga and meditation have given me is full awareness and to see not only. So I, I'll give you a perfect example that's derivative of that, which is how active peace has become what it's become. Um, when they killed Casey Goodson in Ohio in December of 2020 for having a sandwich outside his house and no one gave a shit. Um, like I was like, okay, I could respond with anger at the predictive nature of white comfort. Right. So y'all went back to sleep. Y'all don't care about this brother. You cared so much about George, you know, okay, cool. 
what I did then is renounce attachment to a, a system that seeks to destroy me. So one of the tenets of delusion of, of Buddhism is that delusion is a tenet of suffering. So I'm mm -hmm. deluding myself to think that this society or that white folks writ large will care about me. So I renounce that and I declare like for myself and my line that I love myself so profoundly that what you think of me is irrelevant. So you can show the George Floyd clip again. I ain't traumatized because I worked through that and I'm free. Like I'm free from thinking that you will care about me the way that I need to care about myself. And so like my love of self is so profound. I threw myself into the practice and I'm so the two, the two um, spiritual icons of active peace yoga are Jimi Hendrix and Prince. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like black male creativity, counterculture, just like, I don't care about you. You know, Prince would show up in like a trench coat and fishnets and that's it. You know what I mean? And Jimmy played like the star spangled banner with his, you know what? And, and set his guitar on fire. Like that is the liberation that I see creatively and that I have found spiritually through this practice. And so like now, like as we emerge into this era of the pandemic, like people know that what happened before ain't it. And like, no, you know, I've, I heard a sermon recently and I, I don't consider myself a preacher, but I do consider myself a teacher. You know, one of my favorite songs when I was younger is my philosophy by KRS one and Boogie Down yeah. Productions. Like yeah. in about four seconds, the teacher will begin to speak. I used to, rock that and so I, I view myself in that line and i'm just like yo if i continue if like if you don't speak to the cries of the people then what are you teaching people are angry people are sad people don't know which way is which people know that the system is full of shit but they don't also know that it's within our power to change the system and so you can't change the system until you change your own programming yeah. and so like that's where active peace comes from where i'm just like listen my peace is so profound you can put me in the impeachment hearing and i'm like this Shit. You can put me across the street from the White House in the Trump era, and I can look at the White House being like, nigga, we're coming for your job, Mr. <laughs> President. You know what I mean? So, like, the peace and the ferocity of that peace allows me to wage peace in direct contrast to the war that you put upon me. Mm. That, that is the most profound thing that I have ever heard. <laughs> And now, you know, the ancestors are like, oh, this brother's serious. Right? Yes. <laughs> right? yes. And so that's where yes. the speech in Spain comes from. Like tonight, I'm going to be on a panel with like esteemed Buddhist scholars and me. You know what I mean? So like, like I've been able to like bust through. And now that I'm through, like I said, I'm a, I'm a teach. I'm a treat this like the Underground Railroad. Like I'm free. Come with me. Like one of my right. students gave me like the best compliment. They were like, you know, what I like about your teaching. I was like, what's that? They're like, you're like my cool uncle. You know what I mean? Like you don't like sit on high and pretend like you like, yo, tss, tss, come here. You know yeah. what I mean? Like come, come get with this. Like that's how I teach. I'm like, yo, this helped me out. Let me put you down. As yeah. opposed to, oh, I'm high and mighty and I have all this wisdom. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for it. Active peace, right? And, and thinking about that, that the, the peace that we have within this will allow us to go out and be the activists that we need to be. Absolutely. Like, right. like my piece is so, one of the best compliments I ever got was from Sister Ayana, where she was like, and this is like in the middle of like the 116th Congress where there's like, government shutdowns and all this stuff. I'm in the middle of that, like working like for move on, but basically like being on the Hill with the, with, 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 with the Congress. Um, she's like, brother, let me tell you something about you. And with, and with AP, I'm like, yeah, sister, what's that? She was like, um, you so cool that when you walk into the room, the blood pressure drops. And I was like, ah, Shay, like that is exactly what Yogi Buddhist needs to hear. Like, like I put my work into my energy and like, if my energy is so profound that it impacts Capitol Hill, sister, that is what I, that's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Like when you walk into a room, you, and that's what we want. We want people on our lives that bring peace. I had a brother on the show, um, talked about the power of laughter, you know, yeah. and right. It is interesting because we, it, it fits into this, right? The power of peace and the power of laughter, right? Because laughter is a form of peace. Right? Yeah, it, it, it laughter is a form of peace when we can laugh together, right? Mm -hmm. 
uh, in community and to find space. It, it provides peace. It provides safety. It allows us to be vulnerable. And, and I love that when you walk into the room, peace be with you, yep. you know? Right. Listen to what I just said. When I walk into a room, peace be with you. When when you walk into a room, peace be with you. And, yep. you know, and that's what we need. We need more peace in our lives. My revolutionary is going to be like, well, OK. All right. I hear this, brother. I want to be more active in my life. I also want to be more peaceful. Yep. What are the steps that I can do today to bring more yoga, to bring in, to have a more yogic centric lifestyle? Well, first I would say is that if you don't take any pause during the day to reset, you, you, that that's that that is like tethering yourself to the wheel of self destruction, mm. right? So it doesn't have to be like like this morning I meditated for ninety minutes because I'm like giving a speech in my life, like I'm with these like luminaries tonight, and I like I got to kill it because they don't let black people in that much, right? Like so I got it, like so I did it for ninety minutes, but if you meditate for ninety seconds. Mm. 20 seconds at the top, middle and bottom of your day just to interrupt the incessant flood of whatever. Like that reset is sacred. It allows you to clear the mind and approach um, mm. any situation before you with wise action. That, that's yogic, like to find the peace within you and then approach the situation with truth. Not like the legacy of anger, not the stories that someone else told you, not like all, not all these things, but to see the situation for what it is and from an open heart and a clear mind, approach it with truth. That's yoga, yeah. right? So pausing with purpose to rest the eyes, clear the mind, maybe work through the shoulders and wrists a bit, but just to bring balance to the body and the mind so that you can proceed with clarity. It doesn't have to be. And so one of the things that I did recently is I was at a yoga festival. Again, people like us don't be doing that. But I was at a <laughs> yoga festival. Um, and my classes, Charles, were 30 minutes long. Everyone else is like 60 to 90, 30 minutes top of the day. I was like, I want to teach morning practice. That's what I want to do. And through in only 30 minutes, people were like, whoa, what yes. was that? I was like, that's called balance. <laughs> right that's called alignment that's called attunement and when you're aligned and in tune time's irrelevant because you're present with your purpose and you can do what you need to do in the world right, right. and so like for yeah the, the revolution and just, just to put <laughs> i gave I, 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 I taught hollywood agents a couple weeks ago because that's just what's happening in my life right now like hey reggie teach us about meditation all right and so i was like i'll leave and i ended my talk like this i was like here's what i'll say for those who of you who are rule followers you know rest is productive the body is designed to t sleep is designed to normalize the systems to detoxify the body so you can have a better quality of life but if you ain't a rule follower, if you're a rule breaker, rest is revolutionary. Why? <laughs> yes, rest is. is revolutionary because the system is designed for your destruction. The system is designed to grind you into a pulp so that you are mindless, that you mindlessly consume, that you are tethered to stories of the past, that you can't be your full authentic self. Yes. And so yes. like if like the rest is productive thing, don't speak to you. Rest is revolutionary. So like buck the system by giving yourself the rest and the clarity that you need to live your full purpose. Hmm. Reggie, Reggie, I, I just want to interject one second, right? I've been trying to take rest for two years, right? Yeah. And I left, I left my beloved Camelback Ventures on June the 30th, wonderful mm -hmm. organization started by Aaron Walker that I talk so much about on the show. Uh, I left a wonderful team of folks who are doing purposeful, passionate work, right? Impacting founders of color, women and non-binary and founders of color. I love the work that I was doing, you know, working in venture and providing, you know, funding and resources and capital and and mentorship and teaching all of the things. But Reggie, I was tired. Yeah, man. Right. You know, when the pandemic hit, it wasn't like we sat down and said, <clears throat> you know, we put we put our foot on the gas, right? Yeah. Put our foot on the gas. I created a new department, ran that department, brought on new staff. You know, we worked, gave out millions of dollars and resources. And I realized, I was like, I'm 
tired. And like you said, I'm imbibing things that I don't need in my life. And all the meditation and all the yoga can't do anything because I'm tired. Yeah. And yoga and meditation just become a part of the things that I need to check off on my day. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying this is the restorative, rejuvenative aspect that I need, right? To begin, yep. that is not just something I'm checking it off. It is something that is grounded Start. and foundational. Yep. You know, and it, it you know, it's interesting because I, I left June 30th and I was gonna take July and August off, like nothing. I don't want to think, like I don't want to be Dr. Corpru. Look, <laughs> literally, Reggie, I want to be Chucky. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right? Because Chucky, Chucky was the little boy, mm-hmm. right? That wanted to go play, and I yeah, just man. wanted to play. But the interesting thing I say: there's, there's my plan, and then there's God and the universe's plan. For sure, you know, and. My plan was to play and to go back to be Chucky. And the universe and God said, well, no, I purposely made this time for you so you can take care of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take care. So I haven't rested yet, but I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. And that, that rest is revolutionary because, like you said, we grinded at Camelback, right? I mean, yeah. we put our foot on the gas right because we knew that our founders right there was the statistic right that like 90 percent of found black founders during the recession lost their business everything yeah and we did not want that to happen if they were a part of camelback ventures we were going to make sure that they did not and guess what reggie i will say this none none of our founders folded that's dope none and that is an amazing thing Right. None of our founders folded because they ran out of money or they ran out of resources. Right. right? And so but rest is revolutionary. And, and, and being able to say that out loud. Right. I'm resting and that yeah. it is OK, because from a masculine perspective, men don't rest. Right. We don't say that. Yeah. No, you're supposed to grind. Look, I'm a grind. Look, I'm a grind to the day I die. Well, the day you die is dust. Where are you going to turn into dust anyway? You dust mentally and physically already. Right. Yeah. Why, why you know? do you want to bring that sooner? Is what I tell people. Grind of the day I die. I say, like, yeah, but this, 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 this habit is like auguring your demise. Like you're summoning yeah. your demise. Like don't you don't you want to cast a different spell? Like don't you want to summon prosperity? Don't you want to summon intergenerational longevity? Like you know, like don't you want to do that? Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. And 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 I and I am big for a, a child of a a parent who has Alzheimer's, a child of a parent who is uh, majorly arthritic. Right, longevity is something that I am searching for, and 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 like actively saying, what do I need to do to make sure that I am cognitively, not just aware that I'm still cognitively thriving, that my body can actively move, right? In yeah. all physical aspects of my life, right? Yeah, you know, this might be the, the uh, 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 you know, the age might say 50, but I, look, I want to act at least physically like I'm still 30 years old, right? right? And what has to happen and yoga and meditation and community, because that's another part of the piece that we didn't really talk about today is that the yoga community allows for a downloading, like a, a, a downloading of stress because these are yeah. hopefully like-minded people in class with you, in mm-hmm. activism with you, in life with you. Yeah, that I think that's one of the things that's what's one of the things I pride myself on. I don't really believe in pride that much, but active piece is a community. Like I'm not the teacher. I am one with you and we talk about our life. Like, what's going on with you? This is what's going on with me. And like the sharing of that lightens the load. You know, here I go with my church again. Like we're supposed to bear one another's burdens in love. We ain't supposed to do this by ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we are hardwired for connection and that's not just for good times. It's also for bad. And it's, it's for sharing the load and sharing the stories to inspire one another when we don't have the inspiration or, or the capacity ourselves. I used to be in the guts of all this stuff and I did it the wrong way where, you know, 18 hour days, like smoking cigarettes and drinking bourbon for breakfast and cursing motherfuckers out for lunch. You know what I mean? But I did it that way. And through the latter half of my career, it's been more um, yogic, Buddhist um, and spiritual. Um, 
filling my cup and serving from the abundance they're from. So I'm not exhausted. Like, so while I'm doing the work, I'm nourishing myself at the same time. In Buddhist parlance, that's called we resource ourselves. So for the work at hand, right? So like, rather than like going from feast or famine, boom or bust, you're consistent. Like, um, if we need to match the consistency of the right with the consistency of like, resourcing ourselves but also staying focused and rooted in hope like a lot of people are rooted in like pessimism and cynicism and last time i checked that don't move nobody like it may move you to stick your head in the ground but as i've been saying in my teaching practice we ain't ostriches so like if you stick your head (laughs) in the ground all you do is get sand in your ears you know it ain't it ain't solving the problem it's actually it's actually making it compound and worse so what i do um i'm trying to do um like quite impactfully is shift the narrative of boom and bust. I mean, and also like, and this is what I've been saying on the, on the, on the left, we won, we won the election, we won the Senate and we won the house and people acting like we still lost. Yeah. You know, we may not have gotten as far as we wanted to, but you know how, like I used to play poker. Um, We didn't, we weren't dealt the best hand. No, not at all. You know, we got the seven, two off suit. And still we're able to cash out. Like, that's pretty amazing. You know what I mean? So there will be another hand dealt in this upcoming election. And if you don't play for that hand with optimism that, like, you'll, you'll catch something on this round, then why are you even in the game? That, that, that's what I've been telling folks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the arc of progressive um, activism is life's work. We have allowed our expectations to be Twitterized. You know what I mean? Like this is about moving it forward for all of us, not just all. It's not all about me. You know, there's no way that I exist if my ancestors thought that way. Yeah, yeah, brother. You know, it's interesting that the themes, the themes that come, the theme, the the, the themes that come up, Reggie, that are so is that Sean Dove talked on my show, wonder, wonderful leader um, of boys and men of color. He said it's not that we go through a midlife crisis. We go through a midwife crisis mm-hmm. and is that our revolutions, the thing that we're trying to do in this world is that we need someone to help us birth it into the world, right? We have these ideas. We have so these dreams. We have these revolutions that we want. But oftentimes, and, and here's the John Henryism that happens so often to black men is that we feel like we got to do everything alone and we can't. Yeah. We what happened to John Henry? Exactly. He, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He, he, he grinded into dust. He died. he died with that hammer in his hand. Yeah. 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 It, it, exactly. And so if we surround ourselves with midwives, if we actually become a midwife for others. Yeah. Right. Right. Because that means we're in community when we can midwives, we, we can support someone else. Right. And we find support for us. We are greater folks. We're not angry. Look, look, you know, we can laugh. The wonderful thing about the power of laughter, right, is when you can sit in community and laugh with each other and joke. And you know how we do. We can go back to younger (laughs) days, right? It doesn't matter how old you are. It is nothing to walk into a room and be like, I see you, but I'm about to get on you. You know what I'm saying? And in a a laughter and joking way, like, yes, I see you, my friend. Right. Mm -hmm. I see you, my boy. Like we we about to go back to when we were young, when we were joning. And that peace, you know what I'm saying? And that peace that it brings community. No, I appreciate you. Reggie, look, brother, as I say to my revolutionaries, man, it is a joy to be in space with you. It is a joy to have this time with, you know, this luminary. Right. I got to say you sitting on you call it the other folks. They're in awe of you. So please know as you're on that stage tonight, right, that you are the luminary of luminaries, brother. You know, yeah, and understand that. And we are just grateful for your time and your efforts and what you're doing out in the world, right? And showing us what it means to move from the space of anger to the space of peace and prosperity and activism, right? That's what I want people to understand. You don't have to stop being an activist, right? You just need to figure out how you can be healthy while in your activism. That's the thing. And so, Reggie, we appreciate it. We appreciate you, folks. Make sure that you go out and check out Reggie Hubbard. Every All you have to do is Google this, brother, and you will find wonderful speeches and all of the, all of the active things that he is doing in the world. 
Thank you so much, Reggie, for your time and good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Blessings and peace to you. Thank you for the chance to be of service. And I'm just, again, my dream is to normalize black wellness so profoundly that we don't have to talk about what if we, we talk about how can we do it more? Yeah. That's highlight. Look, there it is. Boom. Boom. Revolutionaries will talk to you soon. I love you. 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 Talk to you soon. Take care. Take care. Take care. Take care. What's your revolution? What's your revolution? What's your revolution? That's my revolution. That's my life's work. 